The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. Yeah, welcome to another episode of the Functional Sportsaholic, as we like to call it, the Sports Talk Revolution. We are proud partners of Underdog Media. You can also find us on Podcast One. Stepping in this week, this holiday weekend, uh, for Sam Van Dam is the co-author of the Fantasy Baseball Almanac and Draft Guide, Eric Zimmerman, a.k.a. the Baseball Llama. How you doing, Eric? I am doing well. How are you doing yourself? I'm doing well. Just a reminder to all the listeners out there, you can follow me. I'm at TFS underscore Sean on Twitter and on uh, Instagram if you want to look that up. Also, the Fantasy Football Almanac and Draft Guide is out. It's doing quite well. And I also announced, Eric, you know about this because I told you about it. We finally published the Roto Solo um, Fantasy Football Guide, which is really geared towards daily fantasy football. So we have in-season projections included in there. If uh, if you buy it, look, everybody, I'm realistic. I know that uh, you know week 17 projections at this point will be a joke. Um, but the the idea is that if you 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 get the uh, manual, you see kind of what it looks like. You can also just go to Amazon and look at the. Uh, you know, the preview and you'll see what it looks like. But, you know, week by week, uh, we do the projections. It is the backbone of the Get Paid podcast that I also do. And um, if you sign up, then you can get the free in-season analytics. Uh, you know, other websites charge like 20 bucks, you know, a month for that kind of stuff. It's just included if you buy the books. So check that out if you're a daily fantasy player. If you're not, then just ignore everything I just said. Say, so, hey, Eric, um, I think, you know, because we had Dave Mason from Bet Online on, I think I would like to just start with that interview. Um, I did that earlier today, so I will play that tape right now. All right, and he's back, the man from BetOnline.ag. Dave Mason. Dave, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. Busy week. You know, it's supposed to be the slow season, but there's always something to bet on. So here we go. <laughs> That's the beauty. Oh, man, I love betting on sports. Um, and I can't wait, man. I, I, I want to dig into this a little bit. Um, you know, we'll we'll start with a little MLB and get in with NFL, but I can't wait to talk about NFL. On uh, the uh, Get Paid podcast, Brad and I started with the bet online uh, win totals for the AFC East. Um, so we're starting our season previews. I just can't wait to get into it. So, uh, But if you're cool with it, man, let's start with a little MLB. Are you good with that? Yeah, sure. Let's do it. All right. So I'm curious, you know, um, we've seen some transactions. Uh, you know, Atlanta signed a pitcher. Uh, Kimbrell landed with um, um, Chicago, uh, the Cubs. Uh, you got some other people coming back from injury. Um, and then you have other people getting injured for that matter. So I'm wondering, you know, I'm looking at the uh, the American League odds uh, because, you know, division stuff – I don't know. I kind of feel like those are playing out a little bit, but I see the Yankees and the Texans right now are at plus two hundred in the American League, and I gotta wonder, you know, where's the where's the money going lately? Are one of these teams moving up, moving down? Are they are they uh, keeping steady? There's always money on the Yankees. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's just a yearly, you know, annual uh, happening here. It doesn't matter how good, how bad they are. There's always money on the Yankees. I mean, they're. You know, I know you're talking uh, for odds to win American League. They're their their highest bet count, and the Astros are right behind them and the Twins. So the top three uh, are getting the most bets. Exposure-wise, the Yankees are our biggest exposure, and they are by far our biggest exposure on the uh, World Series. Well, I should should say biggest exposure for a team with a realistic chance to win the World Series (laughs) because actually – 
the Orioles are actually oh, gosh. the biggest exposure on you know, people placing those lottery 1,000 to 1 oh, lottery golly. tickets. But, uh, the yeah. Orioles. It, uh, yeah. I think I've told you, man, I, I root for the Orioles. It's just painful. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, yes. I'm sorry for anybody out there listening who shares my plight. It's just awful. <laughs> um, yeah, the Yankees would be my pick. You know, I, I think I've been on them all season just because they're so deep, man. And, uh, you know, I guess we still have some moves. The trade deadline hasn't hit yet, but... Uh, I don't know. I like I like the Astros. No, no disrespect to them, but I like the Yankees a lot. Another team I like, um, just because of pedigree, it's the Red Sox. I got to imagine they're the same way. You know, they should probably always have money on them as well. Am I right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, World Series are one of our highest bet counts. There, let's see, World Series. Where are they? About fourth highest bet count. Um, yeah, absolutely. In the Wind American League, they're third but highest bet count. So goes Yankees, Twins, and Red Sox and Astros about the same. Now, do you know? I, you might not even have this information offhand, but like, how um, how much have the Twins' money or how's the money ascended um, since they've been just going on their terror? Yeah, I don't have it exactly, but I mean, you know, they they, they were getting hit early and and, uh, and and all right on through. I mean, you know, that's the thing; these teams win, people just keep betting them. So uh, yeah, they, they've been hit hot bet for a while. I don't have the exact numbers and trends on how it happened, but you know, they, they, people have been steady on them. Yeah, I understand. And then uh, over in the National League, I see the Dodgers are at plus 130. I imagine there's some pretty good exposure on them, um, given their, their recent history and how they're performing this season. Yeah, absolutely. You're exactly correct. Correct. Uh, the most popular bet, bet count-wise, for the National League. And, and they're also, from the teams with a realistic chance to win the World Series, they are our second biggest liability after the Yankees. So, um, yeah. People like betting the Dodgers, and that, that yeah, like you said, that's that's a team like the Yankees too. Every year, every year they're going to be at least competitive, right? That's they're they're rarely throwing a turkey up there, and every year they it's such loyal and big fan bases that people are putting money on them. So, um, yeah, this year's no different. And I got to imagine the same would be true of the Cubs because I actually like with Kimbrel. My my biggest issue with the Cubs this year, um, and it usually is every year in recent history, is their bullpen. You know, the, the year that they got the big closer, they won the World Series. Now they have Kimbrel. I like them a lot to upset the Dodgers in the playoffs. Now I know I'm in the minority there, but have you seen uh, maybe since Kimbrel's been back, or maybe just in the last week or so, um, any uptick? Or is you know the, the Cubs are a year long bet? I understand that, but I'm wondering if there's been yeah. an influx. No, whenever there's any kind of transaction in, in any sport, you know what I mean, player comes back or, or trade or free agent signing, and, you know, the, the the NBA over the last week is a prime example, they're a hot bet, right? So big name goes up. People just start betting them. They think they're getting value. All of a sudden, they don't think we're changing odds or something to make mm-hmm. up. That. I, I don't know. But, yeah, <laughs> it, there's been an influx in, in bets on that. that it's for the house. I mean, you know, they're they're about what am I seeing here? About eighth, eighth most bet count, highest mm-hmm. bet count. It's a small, it's a small win for the house right now. So the season ended today, and the and the Cubs won the World Series. It'd be a very small win for the house. Nothing, nothing to nothing to brag about, but sure. it'd be a hell of a lot better than the uh, Dodgers <laughs> and especially Yankees or your Orioles. If the Orioles, yeah. <laughs> We, we we might have to close up shop here. Well, let me put it this way: I'm not putting a, a single dime on the Orioles, so I, and I wouldn't recommend anybody listening do that either. That would be something. Right. Well, uh, what happened with you? Um, just just off of uh, the top of my head here, what happened with you and the Blues? Because they were, I mean, they were awful to to begin the year, and then they just went on a tear. Did you end up with exposure there, or because of their slow start, maybe you, you were able to react? No, we were exposed. We you know 
heading in those playoffs, um, we we were for, from a future standpoint, we had a profit on every every team except two of them, the Bruins and the Blues, <laughs> and we had both a big exposure on both. I'm sure as hell, they both meet in the Stanley Cup final, so it was a lose lose either way. Now we did get that Blues money back with the series price because we needed the Blues big time on the series price, mm. whereas the Bruins were, were, would have been a huge loss. So if the Bruins won, we would have lost huge on the futures, and we would have lost huge on the series price. So, so yeah, we, we, we got that futures money back, and I think a little bit extra on that series price. Well, that's that's good for the house. That's good for the house. Right. Uh, let's swing it over to uh, NFL. And, you know, I was looking at these lines today, the, the win totals. And like I said, Brad and I talk about these a lot. Um, you know, I get paid, too. So if you're interested, you can definitely uh, tune into that episode. We talk about the AFC East. But, um, you know, the I was scrolling through, and, man, it's like – I'll be damned if not like pretty much 90% of your lines were right on where I would pick for their win-loss total. So I'm looking for value there, and I can't really find a lot of them. But I did see a couple that I would think that the public would be on. Um, you know, maybe a little bit too rich for my blood in terms of win total. But let me ask you about the Chiefs. So their they're over-under is at 10 wins. And I would think that the public would bet on Mahomes and the Chiefs to kind of reproduce what they did last year. So are you seeing any early money in on Kansas City yet? Yeah, you're you're correct. The the play there, the public play there is the over. I mean, there's more. There's there's definitely more lopsided. I mean, a lot of these are so lopsided that. But it's uh, let's see, about seventy percent of the actions on the over, uh, ten oh, yeah. wins, which is minus one fifteen right now. But there's there's bets that are more lopsided. But yeah, that is one of them. Well, um, and I was going to say that another one I would have thought would be the uh, the Saints at ten and a half. They'd probably be on the over there as well. That'd be my guess, anyway. The action's pretty even there. Action's very even. Actually, a little bit more on the under, and it's not a very popular bet to tell you the truth. That's what's one of the lowest that getting the fewest amount of bets, either over or under. You know, that is an interesting division to me this year coming in because, um, you know, I like the Saints. I think that they're the best team in that division, but I do think that with Dirk Cutter coming back to Atlanta, and um, I think it's. Um, Ah, gosh, I, I always confuse him with Gus Bradley. I know it's not Gus Bradley. The guy who had uh, the head coach, he's taken control over the defense there in Atlanta. I think they could be, you know, they could rebound. I haven't liked their offense right. in the last couple of years, and they're at nine wins, so I, I see that you like them quite a bit as well. Yeah, uh, the, the public's on the under. I kind of I kind of like Atlanta this year yeah. a little bit. I'm, I'm right there with you. They, they seem to be one of those teams that, you know, one year they're bad, next year, you know, they, they still have a lot of talent on that team. It's You know, they got my, Matt Ryan under center, and, and all sorts of talent, but uh, yeah, we'll see. I, but uh, what what about uh, it, it's not a whole lot of action coming in on them. About sixty percent of the bets are on the under. So I think, it, and you know, Tampa Bay. I think Bruce Arians. I'm not a big Jameis Winston fan, as listeners of the show know and understand. But I, I got to say, you know, the pairing of Winston, if Winston's going to work, as I say, this is the offense that he'll work in. Um, I don't think there could be a better head coach and quarterback matchup, but I just don't have a feel of what's going to happen. And so, like, I think they were, if I'm not mistaken, they were at six and a half wins. I don't have it right in front of me. But that one is like, I can't bet on the under or the over there. I think that's like the perfect the perfect hit. But what's the public thinking there? Uh, pretty even. Yep. Yeah. Uh, we, it is six and a half and a little bit more. Bets on the on the over about oh fifty five percent. Now about fifty eight percent of the action is on the over right now, um, but not a lot of overall action, to tell you the truth. It seems like a lot of those those lines that are, you know, the odds where 
the action is even. There's not a lot of overall action. You know what I mean? So people are split and they don't think, you know, the public doesn't see value in it. Everybody's split on it. So, which is a, I don't know how to take that, but you know, the ones that are lops that, that get the most overall bets are, are, are so, so lopsided. I mean, I'll tell you the, the, the team that the team and the side that's getting the most bet overall bets is the Bills over. What? Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Josh yeah. Allen fans, huh? I guess I don't know, man. I mean, I, I was a little surprised too when I was looking at this. It's yeah, it, it's pretty by far ninety percent of the ninety bets. Yeah, ninety percent are holy. Ninety percent of the bets are on over seven wins. Um. Again, that's getting the highest bet count, but other lopsided ones are the Titans under eight, 91% are under eight, Seahawks over eight and a half, 90%. Um, yeah, I like even, that. Yeah. Yeah, so do I. Colts is the biggest percentage one. Again, not the not the highest bet count, but the lopsided percentage. Colts over nine and a half, mm. 95% of the bets are on over. Cowboys over nine, uh, 84%, and the, and the Eagles 78% over. Nine and a half. So you see there too. Over what, what would I knock out there? The the six biggest lopsided bets. Five of the six are on the over. So right. that, that that trend of pe- the public liking the liking the bet the over kind of carries over to this kind of stuff, not just a game total. I, I still you you've shocked me with Buffalo because I'm on yeah. the under there. Um, I'm just as shocked, man. I, you know, I I just. You know why? Yeah. What did you see last? But but I mean, it's not like they're this hot trending team that's all (laughs) over ESPN and you know make me. I I don't know. They they could be one hundred percent correct. I I wouldn't be surprised. But I'm just surprised that it's so lopsided. And that is the of all these other teams in the NFL, that's the one getting the most bets. Here's my uh, here's my theory. I think that guy that went on that run in Jeopardy that sports better. Uh, he must have uh-huh. tweeted something out about the Bills this season or something. You, you might have. Who knew yeah, I, I mean, I, I just I cannot figure it out. Like Josh Allen. Like, look, no no disrespect, and we talked about him this week on Get Paid and all that. No disrespect to him, but he's a young quarterback, and to me, he's like a one trick pony, as I said. Um, yes. You know, he throws the ball deep. I know they got Cole Beasley in there. I know they're going to try to get some underneath routes. Um, I don't know that even Shady McCoy survives training camp. I don't see why he would, honestly. Um, right. ah, man, I mean, I, I do like the defense. I'll say that. I like the defense. Sure. But I just, my goodness. And they'd have to play the Patriots twice a year. Yep. Ugh, man, I, I'm on the under. I'm, I'm on that 10%. All right. Gobbled up. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'll take that plus 105. I think that I saw that there. Yeah, it's plus 105. We're giving a little bit of a little, little bargain incentive. There. Yeah, I'll take it. Well, I got uh, that's about it, man. Do you have any other insights? Um, any other like exposures maybe on the uh, the under with anybody? You mentioned everybody's. I, I guess the enthusiasm, right? The preseason enthusiasm has people picking the over. Any exposure anywhere on the under? Uh, yeah, I mean Rams. People think they're going to come mm. back down to earth uh, under ten. I guess I guess that's the. Uh, Super Bowl hangover factor, mm-hmm. uh, 67% of the wow. bets are on the under. So that's probably our biggest under exposure from the looks of it here. Yep. I mean, there, there's, yeah, by far. I mean, when people, when, when all the public sides are on the under, it's only like that 55% up to 60%, you know what I mean? But those overs, when the public's on the over, it's that 70 to, to 95%. So that, that's kind of interesting. Yeah, man. 
Go figure. Go figure. All right, man. Hey, man, I appreciate you uh, stopping by. And again, one of these days, I got to get you on here. Uh, maybe when the election season picks up, I want to have you back on because I got to feel like um, um, Joe Biden with uh, with recent history has, has fallen off. I know he was one of the odds on favorites to win the presidency. I just find that just very interesting. So I want to talk about yeah. that at some point, too. But hey, man, well, again, I'll, thanks for uh, thanks for coming back, man. I appreciate it. Oh, anytime. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Have a good one, man. Be good. Bye, brother. Summer action is heating up in the beginning of July with a lot of excitement in the MLB, Women's World Cup, UFC, MLS Soccer, and much more. There is only one place that has you covered, and that one place you can trust is BetOnline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at BetOnline.ag and use promo code PODCAST1 for your 50%, that's right, 50% welcome bonus. Look, there's a lot, a lot of stuff going on right now. My brother's actually in Europe, uh, you know, attending the uh, the Women's World Cup. That's going to be uh, going on and, and concluding this weekend. The MLB is about to hit the All Star break, so things are going to be ratcheting up there as we're talking about on this episode. There's a lot of stuff going on. Get in on the action. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on it. Don't forget that promo code. It's podcast one, or you can text bet now to two three. 8669 to receive that 50% welcome bonus that's bet now and text it to the numbers 238669 again 238669 to get started with your 50% welcome bonus betonline.ag your online sports book experts as the FIFA Women's World Cup gears up for an exciting final matchup, get the best coverage with Sports Like a Boss on Podcast One Sportsnet. Join three-time Olympian Holly McPeak and sports broadcaster Anne-Marie Anderson as they analyze the biggest stories and scandals with some amazing guests. Go for the gold and download new episodes of Sports Like a Boss every week on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One Sportsnet. And we're back with Eric. Eric, man, how's Dave? I was great. Uh, the guy knows his stuff, man. It's always a fun listen. Yep, yep. Um, so yeah, actually, I, I didn't plan this, but we kind of ended up with Dave and I ended up uh, going on a little bit of an NFC South tangent with some of those numbers there, as you heard. Um, let me ask you, what do you think Atlanta's record's going to be? Um, and I'm trying not to be biased here, but I like what I'm seeing. I think I'm going to call for a 10-6 and six on uh-huh. this year. I think, could, I think they could run it up possibly to 11 wins. Um but I think ten and six, as long as you know, I think the offense is going to be fine. The, the defense is the question here, and we'll see what Dan Quinn can do because if he doesn't turn it around, he's gone. Yeah, you know, Dan. I can never. I was talking to Dave, you know, and um, I can never remember Dan Quinn's name because the first name that pops in my head is the other Seattle ex Seattle defensive coordinator Gus Bradley, uh, who coached in Jacksonville. So it's like I always have this like this instinct that Gus Bradley and I know it's wrong but I can never you know remember Dan Quinn's name but as uh, you know as Dave and I said we both like Atlanta but it's interesting you know the public's not really on our side there but nine wins you'd be on the over I expect you to be and I don't think that's unreasonable last year they were decimated by injuries you know Um, defense I remember actually you and I were talking about it before the season you're like hey you know you're sleeping on Atlanta's defense um, in the uh, in the almanac and draft guide and I said okay you know I'll go back and I'll take a look Um, and you know I watched their preseason games over again and that defense was flying around but when you lose like three of your key defensive players like in the first week or two of the season you know bad things are going to happen and it just snowballed man last season was bad Sarkeesian you know and you Eric you know I never liked Sarkeesian I hated the hire to begin with 
um, and he just didn't work. But with Cutter coming in there, I'm not the biggest Cutter fan in the world, but I think it fits, man. I think it fits with uh, with him and with Coin running the defense. I think there's good things ahead for Atlanta. And if I had to pick today, I would be on the overs as well. I think 10 or 11 wins is, is reasonable. I still think New Orleans is the team to beat in the NFC this year. But, uh, you know, I think, uh, I think the South is going to get two playoff teams. That's how I feel about it. I, I agree. I mean, um, I, I, yeah, I think it'll be a battle between them down to the wire between the Falcons and the Saints for that division. Um, and it really, I think, comes down to Drew Brees. Is he, mm-hmm. Has he hit that wall finally or is he not? Um, yeah, that, that's going to make a big difference. So the funny thing, so I mentioned at the top of the show, I mentioned I have the, uh, the Fantasy Football Almanac um, out. And then the Roto Solo um, draft guide, that's actually, that's not my stuff. Um, Roto Solo I saw during the baseball season this past year, and they're basically a stat compilation company. So that you know, I, I figured with my partnerships that I have with like Fantasy Pros, which I do um, have a partnership with them. I have a partnership with Fantasy Data. Um, because I have those partnerships, I thought it would be cool to maybe give some of that access. Um, and I acquired Roto Solo and let. Wrote a solo, do their thing with the stat guide, and then basically put you know their their projected analytics, which is an entire composite, and then feed that back into my in season math. So it's kind of a partnership book, but it's really like it's not my projections that you get in the fantasy football almanac. It's the Roto Solo projections fed into in season stuff. That's why it's more of a daily fantasy thing. But anyway, uh, getting back to Drew Brees, I thought it was funny because the um, basically the stat guide, the Roto Solo rankings at quarterback, um, everybody has Mahomes number one, um, and I think this. So, but number two in the Roto Solo guide was uh, was uh, Deshaun Watson, whereas I had Andrew Luck number two. But we do a thing uh, in that book called the Competitive Advantage, which is basically just a draft ranker tool. And the competitive advantage between quarterbacks, between let's say a Deshaun Watson, and I think Drew Brees is like ninth. Um, the competitive advantage difference is like half a point a game or something like that. So one little nugget for everybody that does that has not read the book is wait on your quarterbacks. You know, if you can draft Mahomes, I won't begrudge you, but there's very little difference in the projections um, anywhere around between like an Andrew Luck and uh, you know Drew Brees, um, Jared Goff, um, Tom Brady's even projected lower and wrote a solo. I think those are a little bit too low, but that's again, you know, these are two different guides, but. Just throwing that out there. And then, you know, I, I get back to the uh, the NFC South. I think Tampa is, look, I don't think they're a playoff team. Don't get me wrong. But I think they're a team that can shake things up. Like, it wouldn't shock me if they snag a win against Atlanta or New Orleans or maybe even two against Carolina or one or something like that. Like, this is a team that can, you know, throw a wrench into things and into the wider playoff picture. So they're not a dumpster fire either, I don't think. Ah, you know, the, the Bucks. I don't disagree with you, but they, they kind of always... I put them in line with like the Mets when you go to baseball side. There's always the oh they should be able to they have this and then they just mets it up. Um, <laughs> you know the Bucks just kind of have that feel to me. Um, you know in the NFL they just never seem to do what they're supposed to do. They find some way to mess it up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm with you, and I, but that's why I say like I don't have any faith in them to do it. And I and as I said earlier to Dave, and as everybody that listens to the show knows, I don't like Jameis Winston as a quarterback. But yeah. you know, it's Bruce Arians going in there. Like he's I don't really think he's had a lack of success anywhere he's been. Right? It's like you know if Andy yeah. Reid went to 
I don't know, Tampa or whoever you want to call it, Oakland. And, you know, Andy Reid is going to have success. If Bill Belichick yep. goes somewhere, he's going to have success. Um, you know, people forget it. People see that Bill Belichick was fired in Cleveland, but they forget to, you know, they, they forget to um, acknowledge that Cleveland, before Cleveland announced that they were going to leave uh, Cleveland and go to Baltimore, they were the Super Bowl favorites and the Super Bowl picks by a lot of uh, publications. So they weren't a bad team. They just kind of crumbled when that news came out. So anyway, just kind of a, a bizarre thing. But let, hey, let's switch it over. You're the baseball alarmer, right? Let's switch it over to baseball. Um, Dave and I were talking a little bit about some of the, uh, basically some of the AL odds and the NL odds. And I, I don't think that there's anything... Um, that's really surprising uh, to you here in terms of the odds. I, I was asking him a little bit, as you heard, uh, you know, about the Yankees, <clears throat> if, what the exposure was on them, and you know, everybody's picking the Yankees. But the Red Sox, um, the Red Sox are at plus nine hundred to win the World Series now, which I don't know. I can't remember offhand if that's like fourth. I think they're behind the Twins, maybe in terms of odds, but. If I'm looking for a, a like a sleeper team, I think Tampa's maybe about a thousand, something like that. If I'm looking for a sleeper team, I pick the one with the pedigree. Um, you know, the Yankees, of course, are are my pick, and they're your pick as well. I think it's still at this point, but you know, plus two hundred, it's not really doing anything for me. Houston, I think Boston is just more likely to win this, the the World Series this year than uh, than Houston is. But what do you think about that? Uh, yeah, it's not that far off. Um, I think Boston has some needs. Um, to get to that point, but I don't think they're going to spend the money because I don't think they want to push any further over that luxury tax. Well, what moves? Because we were talking about before the show, we were talking about like uh, you thinking about trades, you know, stuff that you'd like to see happen. What 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 would you like to see? Like, how could Boston fortify the roster? Because we know how deep New York is once they're fully healthy. What can Boston do to basically combat that? What do they need to do? I think they need another starter, and I'm, they need probably at least two to three relievers, um, mm. two two solid ones, and then if they're bringing back Evaldi as a closer, which it sounds like they're going to. Really? Um, so that could be an interesting pick as for, for fantasy people that are listening as far as baseball goes, going down the stretch. He could be a very interesting closer coming up when he gets back. That so, does uh, intrigue me. I've but been looking for Boston's closer all year, but they've just been too inconsistent. No, no, they're they're going bullpen by committee, and I think when they were out in London just getting decimated, they finally realized it was a bad idea. <laughs> That's so, interesting. What did you think about that London series? Like, just the idea of, uh, of baseball in Europe? I mean, I like the idea if they're using it as kind of a, hey, let's get, it, let's get some exposure, let's bring it out there. The problem, I think, is that then eventually they start to say, oh, well, let's think about a team here. Mm-hmm. The the idea and the NFL has done the same thing and it yeah, I just scratched my head because what team what players are going to say okay I'm going to go to London now and have to travel cross country for half my half my games oh gosh that's that's a brutal trip especially if you're going London to L A not only I that mean, but the 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 then you get taxed in America and the U K and the U K taxes are are a pain in the butt um, it's a mess it is it, it is a mess I don't even like by the way in the NBA I guess in the uh, the MLB too with Toronto. Um, I don't like that the the players that play there have a different tax system. I just never I, – I think, Eric, actually you and I talked about this. I never understand why sports leagues don't even the playing field when it comes to taxation. I don't yeah, understand. No. Like in Europe um, – so uh, Sam, um, Sam Van Dam on this show is uh, good friends with a guy who plays out in Greece um, and a really prominent guy. And they just pay – you know, they just pay their taxes. That's there. That's just part of it. I don't understand why why Major League Baseball salary like if if there's a tax uh, that's an extra ten percent, why a team like Toronto can't just add an extra whatever um, percent or like the Raptors or whoever it is. I just don't get it. You know, it's 
state tax, state income tax. Like, if do I want to play in Florida or Texas, or do I want to go play in like a like a state like New York or L.A.? You know, I'd rather if I'm not a marketable player and I can't make it up in like an endorsement deals, I would rather go to the t- state with no state income tax. I don't understand why they don't make that an even playing field. Well, like, to some degree, it might be if you look at it from the perspective of okay, I can go pay, I can go play in New York or L.A. or Atlanta or any of the you know quality teams that are out there and maybe pay a little more in taxes or I can go play for the Marlins or the Rays yeah and pay less you know okay maybe the Marlins are the proper example there because no one really is going to want to go there if you want to be competitive mm-hmm. uh, but I think that's something that's going to have to be taken up with the you know the players union eventually but I think it's so far down on the the docket of things that they need to fight for with the owners that it, it's not even a blip on the radar. Yeah. Cause the owners don't care. Yeah. 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 Uh, well let's talk about some more. Oh, you know what? Let me, let me shift it over to the America or the uh, national league here. Um, so obviously the, uh, the Dodgers are number one there to win the national league at plus plus one thirty. But a- another interesting thing um, that I saw is, is the Cubs because you and I have been talking about the Cubs since Kimbrell, uh, landed there, and I like the Cubs to upset the Dodgers now in the uh, in the National League. If if the season ended today and, and the rosters are all the same today, um, I like Kimbrel because my big issue with the Cubs was their closer situation, and I, and their bullpen I think has been shaky even in their their recent success here. Um, you know they just don't have a lot of guys in my opinion that are shut them down kind of guys. They, they, they got a lot of guys, and you and I talk about this all the time, Eric. I, I think they they had guys that shrink in the moment, and so I had no faith in that bullpen. But now Kimbrell, you know, I think he I think he can close games out, um, you know, playoff games out, big pressure situations. I think he'll be able to show up. So I like the Cubs, especially at plus 700, uh, but there aren't a lot of people betting them, surprisingly, because the Cubs usually have a ton of money on them. But what do you think about Chicago um, with Kimbrell, and what do you think they need uh, to make a, a deeper run? Um, you know, for them, I think, you know, another bullpen piece would be nice. Yeah. I don't see any glaring needs, but when it comes to what you were talking about with Kimbrell being the, the difference maker and then beating the Dodgers, that's kind of where I question it because the one thing I've seen with Kimbrell, at least that we saw last year, is he was very susceptible to the home run on occasion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The Dodgers hit more home runs than anybody other than maybe the Yankees. Um, so you're kind of, you know what I mean, tempting fate, pushing both worlds there. So I think, you know, that's a tough matchup for Kimbrell, and I think the Cubs have to get past them, and they're going to need Kimbrell to do it. But I still just, as of right now, and I can tell you the Dodgers are going to do something, and they're going to get stronger. Um, I just, I don't see it right now. So what I do you think, think the Dodgers will do then? Whew, you know, I mean, I don't think they need a ton. They just need some bullpen help. And my I, the perfect fit for me to see go there would be uh, Felipe Vasquez. Mm. Uh, shut down closer from the Pirates. Um, I, I don't see the Pirates probably not you know, I, I really don't see them trading him just because they seem to continually have these delusions as we talked about <laughs> when they made that absolutely absolutely idiotic trade last year with uh, Tampa uh, for, 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 for Archer, Archer yeah oh my god it was horrible um who was the throw we were oh, talking about that who was the throw was that Glasnow that was the throw in in that deal or something I can't remember there was I think no it wasn't Glasnow I mean they had Glasnow and Meadows as kind of the main pieces um and there was another, I want to say it was Shane Baz, another, and I don't think there was any throw-ins in there. I think he mm. was just another really good prospect who's been lighting it up as well, and that's going to go down <laughs> just as one of the worst trades I, ever. <laughs> I mean, it, it, yeah, it was horrible, and I think they continue to have that delusion that they can find a way to sneak in, 
And, you know, even if they are, and this is, this can go to where we were talking about, I went off on a rant on the Indians um, mm. last time we talked. And it's just all these teams that insist on, let me buy, let me go all in for the chance to basically get into a one-game playoff. Right. Oh, you sneak your way past that one-game playoff. Now you have to beat a much better team if the Pirates somehow snuck in there, or let's say the Indians, let's go that. Okay, they're going to sneak into the playoffs. Now they've got to find a way to beat the Twins or the Yankees or the Astros, and they're not, they're not that good. They're not. They don't have the funds to go out the players that, to get the players that would make them on that level. So is it worth it to you know, get in there and have a one-game playoff as opposed to just kind of rebooting, making a few chance, you know, changes, and being better long-term. For me, the Indians need to sell Bauer. They mm-hmm. need to trade hand. And they can go get guys that are you know, on the cusp of the major leagues and be ready to go. If I'm, I'm sending Bauer over to New York, and I'm going to get Clint Frazier back because mm. he's a solid young bat that just doesn't have any play, place to play there. Right. And, you know, you could probably get another piece out of him in that deal. And that's a really good start, and you've got a controllable guy there. You trade hands, you can get a haul for what these closers with control get at the deadline and just kind of get guys that are closer to the majors instead of let me get four or five guys, let me get two guys that are close and that are going to be impact guys. You're rebooting, you can build around Bieber, you've got some clear money clearing off the books, and they can be back in it in a year or two. Even even possibly next year, because the Twins are a one-year team right now. Everything they did was a one-year you know, shot. Yeah. So, I mean, for me, teams like the Indians, they need to sell. They need to do it. They're not going to, but they should. The Nats, they need to sell. But yeah. they're not going. They, they did it last year. We watched them let Bryce Harper walk because the ownership wouldn't allow it. They're going to do the same thing with Rendon. They're not going to sell him, and he's going to hopefully walk. Mm. Um, Where do you think he'll end up? Rendon, when he signs, I I could see him in New York. I really could. I could see him up with the Yankees, and I could see them trading Anjahar for a a pitcher. Gosh, that team. That team, the deep get deeper, I guess. It is. It's insane because they have the money to build on top of a really, really good young core. And that's where, you know, teams like Atlanta are going to fall short. Mm -hmm. Or even, um, you know, teams like... um, you know, Tampa, they've got these good young cores, but they don't have the funds or the ownership willing to put forth the funds to allow them to, you know, really take that next step. Right. So it's, you know, it, it, it drives me nuts watching these teams do that. You know, we saw it with, with uh, the Pirates last year. They had no chance to begin with, and they just, I mean, imagine where they could be if they had Glasnow right now, if they mm-hmm. had, um, you know, Meadows in the outfield, if they had Baz ready to come up and help out. It just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that that just me nuts to the end, and then you have some other teams that do kind of just start selling things and shouldn't. I mean, look at—I don't think the Rangers should be selling. I think they've got a good young core, and I think they should just kind of ride it out, and they'll be better for it next year. Same thing with the Padres. Mm, I hear yes. talk of them. I hear talk of them with Kirby uh, hmm. Yates being potentially available, and I, I don't even if you—they say, oh, we'll only trade him if we get a massive haul. Okay, great, but what are you going to have to close next year? You got to go out and spend money to get another one. Yeah, that is that's it, an it, odd it, one because they're they're ahead of schedule on the rebuild. Um, yep. 
that's that that is a weird one to to hear about. Now, let me ask you, um, kind of shifting topics here. The Twins. What I mean, what do you think? What do you make of the Twins playoff wise? I mean, what do they need to to add to fortify to be able to compete with New York and you know Houston and whoever? I don't think another starter would hurt. Um, you know, someone like. Um, Zach Wheeler would be a really good fit. Mm. Um, Bumgarner would be a really good fit. Um, and I think they need a, a really good closer. They need to get, uh, to me, the perfect fit would be um, like Will Smith from the, the Giants. Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Uh, yes, and I think he fits exactly what they're doing this year. He's on the one-year deal. He's not going to cost a ton. He's here, you know, He's up at the end of the year, and he's a free agent. And everything they've done is to kind of just compete this year, and it just worked. Um, so I don't see them selling out for a guy like a Matt Boyd or Caleb Smith from the Marlins, you know, and, and emptying the farm system because they need them. A lot of these guys are going to walk next year. Where do you think Boyd ends up? You know, I the Tigers always seem to be kind of hesitant to pull the trigger. So someone's going to have to overpay. If I if he went anywhere, I'd have to say it would probably be Houston. Mm. That'd be interesting. Um, I think that would be a, a very solid addition for them because they need the pitching beyond this year. They're going to lose um, potentially Garrett, more than likely Garrett Cole. They're going to lose him because um, they just don't have the money to to mm. pony up for him. Um, and uh, they could lose, you know, another one. Of their, what is it? Uh, McCullers, I believe, is a free agent. Oh, is he? Uh, yeah, no, he's coming McCullers. off of what Tommy? Uh, Jim- okay, not McCullers. Uh, Whitley or. No, 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 no. Whitley's a young miner. Um, I can't remember. Miley? Another winner. I have a, I have a uh, bunch I, of Houston pitchers on my <laughs> roster, so. You do. Um, yeah, but, I mean, they're, they're going to lose a couple of guys, and he's, a, he's controllable for several more seasons. He's a good young pitcher, and he'd fit right in there behind Verlander um, and, and replace Cole pretty well. Very cool. I think that would be a good fit right there because they need the controllable guys and they have the assets to go get it and they still have that young core in place. So, all right, let's pivot again. Let's talk a little bit about fantasy baseball. Um, you know, if it's we're nearing the basically the All Star break here, who are players that um, that if you now Eric, your roster's stacked in our league, but let's say you were on, uh, let's say you were me for example, and I have. Uh, I've I've been in huge rebuild mode, and I'm just trying to find players now. Who would you target that had slower um, slower starts that you think might have, um, you know, basically a, a a better back half of the season? Who do you expect to basically ramp it up, or maybe a young guy who you expect to really pour it on? Um, well, I definitely think that if you're going to target guys to buy low, so to speak, um, Aaron Nola, you might be mm-hmm. is he starting? Turn it on now, um, but he was a little down the first half, and I think he's really in, in play for a big second half. Um, and Jose Ramirez, I think he's he's just too damn talented to to continue hitting w- the way he has been. And I think he's been a little bit better of late, and I, I think he's going to come back fresh after the second half and and be solid. So that could be a good buy low option there as well. I ended up, yeah, uh, he he got traded in our league actually um, for in yeah. the in the Degrom package. Um, that I I uh, I didn't uh, have a chance at uh, Ramirez, but he the guy was trying to get Bryant for me. I decided not to. So so it goes. So it goes. He might be available later for uh, for a buying um, baseball llama. We'll see. We'll see. Um, yeah, I think that probably wraps it about up. Do you have anything else that's uh, that's kind of top of mind from you from the baseball or anywhere else in the sports land? 
Um, I just got to point out the uh, the 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 well, I can say joy, but just the sheer entertainment I'm getting out of this whole uh, situation with with the Mets right now. After their GM comes out, brand new GM makes what he thinks are world breaking moves with Cano, and that's a horrible trade <laughs> as well. Um, but comes out and states, "Come and get us to the rest of the NL East." Well, yeah, they did. Um, <laughs> I mean, just to state that, like, you have anything to do about it, and basing that on, I just picked up a 35, 36-year-old, you know, guy coming off, you know, a suspension for, for PEDs, and <laughs> you added, a, added an injury-prone catcher, and some bullpen pieces, which are notoriously, you know, flammable. Uh, it just... <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, I mean... I have a friend who's a Mets fan, and he's just <laughs> every couple of weeks I get a, I, I'm I'm you get the the email that just says I'm fucking done. Yeah, uh, yeah. You, <laughs> you used know, to get those. You used to get those emails from me about uh, about the Washington Redskins, as our uh, listeners know. And finally, it took a while, but finally, I got out of that got out of that relationship. But yeah, it it, it just uh, you know it it never ends with that whole mess. It's 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 entertaining, I guess, for the from for to say <laughs> at the least. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, hey, thanks for filling in, Eric. Um, I think Sam will be back next week as scheduled. Uh, for everybody out there, thanks for tuning in and listening. Uh, you know, check out that online. They're awesome. Um, and uh, go out. Have a great week. Be good. <laughs>